The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning to you and happy new year from a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course the DK network. It's Gil Alexander and in for the recovering Kelly Bidlin. It's the great Wyatt Tom check, everybody. Play-by-play man for UNLV women's basketball. How you doing, man? Gil, I'm great. You know, it's, I'm going to use the cheesy joke. I haven't seen you since last year, man. How you been? Oh, that's, uh, that's <laughs> prime cheese is what that is. But I appreciate that, man. You have a good New Year? It was. It was. Uh, you you know, nuts? watched uh, Green Bay absolutely destroy the Vikings and keep their uh, season alive. You're a Got Packers fan. Big Packer fan. I, we would spend the entire two hours trying to figure out how, all, my, all my different teams, as you guys keep asking me every time. How are you a Michigan fan and a Green Bay fan, a Braves fan? But it, that was nice. And then got to hang out with uh, some friends and then hurried on over here to the D. Well, I appreciate it. He's wearing his Michigan uh We'll call that a sweatshirt, I guess we'll call it's, it. It's the nicer one, so I don't get yelled at. It is nice. Wearing. I like yes. it. Um, we will talk college football because, of course, the national semifinals are today, including three bowl games prior to that. So Chris Felica will join us for the last segment on the show. Uh, but this is the squirreliest of all guessing lines, the last of all the guessing lines of the season for Week 18. My guess, My guesses on this show, I would imagine, will be wildly off based on just – the nebulous nature of who's going to play players and who's not. Uh, obviously, some teams in a position where they don't have to play guys, and we'll see how they decide to treat it. Uh, we'll get into all that momentarily and try to keep it as much to a standard guessing lines format as we can. But obviously, we're going to go through all the playoff scenarios as well. So every single team, I, I will say this, and I was telling Wyatt this before the show, I don't think I remember a season where with just one game left, there are as many different sort of combinations to get a lot of, you know, many teams in, including teams like the Vikings and the Falcons, who are still with a prayer in all of this. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, We begin, as we always do, with guessing lines uh, with a Circus Survivor update. As you may know from last week, uh, we talked about it. There was a a semi-chop, in other words, what they call a save. So the four remaining contestants decided of the $9.267 million pool that they would each chop $1.75 apiece. That's the word. $1.75 apiece times four. That would leave $2.267 million to play for. All four had winners this past week. Circus Master with the Browns, Indiana Jet with the Texans, Jax Jags with the Colts, L.A. Joneser with the Broncos, and still then the, uh, 
you know, still you would imagine then they would play again for the remaining amount this week. My only intel why it is that I believe three of the four are ready to just end that also and just say, let's just chop the rest. But one of the four is like, nah, I kind of think I want to play. Boy, what a stressful stressful time of the year but the, how about the week 17 for for all four of these uh contestants they're pretty easy games i mean i would say probably the colts one was the probably the biggest sweat but after that it was like if, if i mean listen it was it was a breeze we're not in their position i know but don't you just want to chop it and go home at this point just pick all everybody pick the same team yeah. in other words let's define what a chop is because circus not involved you just pick all the same teams here on the last week i guess you have to get together physically because mm -hmm. you don't know each other i mean i trust you guys but i don't trust you guys get together submit them at the same time <laughs> And then whoever, you know, and then you all go in together and you you parse it out after that. Easier, easier said than done. I don't know how, what I would do. Well, I would be dancing in the streets, you know, after just, getting, just getting two million. Who needs the stress <laughs> anyway? Yeah, well, I mean, it's gravy now, but still. Yeah. But still, it's a lot of money to play for. All right. We got to get into it because we got Felica here at the end. Let us begin. No Thursday, right? We're done with Thursday games. No Thursday and no Monday night games. Okay. Everything is on Sunday. All right. No, there's a couple Saturday, right? I'm sorry. Yes, there's Saturday. All right. Guessing lines. Week 18. Now, here's the thing. This has proven to be a great exercise all year, except for last week. Like, my favorite one was Tampa Bay, and they got destroyed. Oh, so. I, had, I had them, too. That was, that yeah. was my – I'm usually good for one stinker a week, and that was the one. All right. So, again, I'm going to cocoon, and this is the funniest of all of them because I'll have guesses that are way off on Week 18. What's first on Saturday? First one. How about this? The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the – Number one seed, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens have clinched the number one seed in the AFC with their 13-3 and record. Uh, we don't really uh, know how John Harbaugh is going to play this last week, um, though you can sort of read tea leaves on this kind of stuff. But Baltimore's got the number one seed locked. They've got a first-round bye. Pittsburgh is 9-7, and seven, and they are still alive. We'll get into that scenario momentarily. But let us begin the show with the joke that over, I would say, 50 to 100 tweeters <laughs> tweeted at me yesterday, which is, hey, Gil, did you hear about this? Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, and the streak continues 17 years in a row. He's never had a losing season. Good on the Steelers for doing it again. Again, they're 9-7 and seven by virtue of their win over the Seahawks yesterday uh, after a uh, Seattle punt, fourth and one at the 50. Fourth and one in midfield, Seattle decides to punt late first quarter. Uh, Mark that away. That's Pete Carroll's first gaffe of this one. 14 plays, 80 yards, 7.57 off the clock. Warren in from 14, 7-0, Pittsburgh late first quarter. Then seven plays, 75 yards. Geno to DK for 33 was the big one. Two plays later, Walker in. We're tied at seven apiece early second quarter. Boswell will make it 10-7 with a 39-yarder. That was set up by Rudolph to Pickens for 37. Uh, Seahawks would have a long drive. Eight plays, 75 yards. Gina to uh, Fant for 21, to DK for 21, then to JSN for 12, and the touchdown, 14 to 10. Seahawks would take the lead, 5.30 left in the second quarter, but then Pittsburgh, long drive. Nine plays, 75 yards. Najee in from nine, 17-14. Pittsburgh, 136 uh, in, uh, left in the second quarter. Friar Booth for 25, the big one. That would be the score at the half after uh, Seattle went three and out. Third quarter, Myers, 43-yard field goal to tie it up at 17 apiece. And then Pittsburgh, six plays, 71 yards, set up by Rudolph to Deontay for 42. Then Najee in from four, 24-17 Steelers, 6.51 left third quarter. After Seattle three and out in the Pittsburgh punt, Myers, 42-yard field goal, 24-20 to 20 Pittsburgh. Early fourth quarter, and then a huge Rudolph to Pickens 34-yard play on third and six from their own 44. Then a fourth and inches conversion on a Rudolph sneak. Still had to sell for a Boswell 26-yard field goal. 27-20 Pittsburgh, 7.07 to go. Now, Seattle first play ensuing drive. First and 10, their own 25. Geno sacked by Nick Herbig. He fumbles. Herbig recovers. 
sets up Seattle, excuse me, sets up Pittsburgh at the Seattle 16. Pittsburgh ends up settling for a Boswell 21-yard field goal to make it 30-20 to 20 with 431 to go. But on second and nine, it should be noted on that sequence, second and nine at the, at the uh, Seattle 15, Pete Carroll decides to challenge that uh, George Pickens had actually stepped out short of the sticks on a 10-yard gain. It had no chance, by the way. And that wasting of a timeout would prove critical. Uh, would prove crucial because Seattle got it to first and goal to five on their ensuing uh, drive, three straight incompletes. Myers, 24-yard field goal to cut it to 30-23. to 23. And with 2.01 to go, Carroll opts to onside kick it, which is controversial. It failed, by the way. And with two timeouts left, they never saw the ball again after the Steelers got a couple first downs. He could have opted to kick it through the end zone, probably should have, also because then you get the two-minute timeout as well. Pete Carroll's explanation on that was that he didn't have the confidence that the kick would go through the end zone and that no time would come off the clock. Okay, uh, if that's what your explanation is there, I have to buy that. But the wasting of the timeout on the previous drive, that was the egregious error from Carroll. And the Seahaw excuse me, the uh, Steelers end up winning at 30-23. to 23. Seahawks still alive, too. We'll get to them later. For the Steelers to get in, they must win against Baltimore here, again, who has nothing to play for, and get a Jaguars loss or win over Baltimore, get a Bills loss, or win and have the Texans and Colts end in a tie, or lose and have a Jaguars loss and a Broncos win as long as the Texans and Colts don't end in a tie. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> so just process all that. Um, it's fascinating that teams like the Steelers can even still get in with a loss. That's the thing with all these teams. Uh, Baltimore, as we mentioned, clinched the number one seed in the AFC. They just rolled Miami. Miami might be the bigger story here with all their injuries. But this was uh, this was 7 to nothing Miami early in the game. And then kind of all Baltimore from there. Baltimore 7 plays 75 yards. Third and 16, Lamar to Hill, Justice Hill. Uh, and then Lamar to Hill for 20 to tie it up. Uh, Miami would go up 10 to 7 after Tyreek bobbled a surefire touchdown. That's a couple weeks in a row now where he has bobbled surefire touchdowns last week on a bomb. Um, and after Baltimore three and out and a Miami punt, Baltimore 10 plays 89 yards. Lamar to OBJ for 33, setting up Gus, the Gus bus in from one, 14 to 10, 650 left in the second quarter. Sanders would get another field goal set up by two to Tyreek on a 25 yard hookup. Uh, on fourth and five of the Baltimore 45. 14 to 13, Baltimore, 310 second quarter. I should say that is the closest that, that Miami would get from there on out because Baltimore, first play next drive, Lamar to Zay for 75, 21 to 13, Baltimore. Then Miami trying uh, to sneak in a play before the two-minute warning. Tua gets picked by Roquan, and that might have been the key play of the game because from there, Baltimore, four plays, 38 yards, fourth and seven, Lamar to likely for 35. Touchdown, 28 to 13, and that would be the score at the halftime, and the second half was just uh, more of a blowout from then. And when I say blowout, I mean blowout. 56-19 to 19 is your final score. The Ravens not only cover, but do so with flair. And again, they've clinched the number one seed. So they can do what they want here in Week 18, and they will get the bye, and we won't see them for a couple weeks after next week. And more importantly, Gil, Lamar is probably... Short up the MVP. And Lamar, that is the main thing on that in terms of the MVP market. Uh, Lamar is, what, minus 20,000 yeah. now in that market, as he should be, by the way. And I say that as a guy who had Brock Purdy tickets, as he should be. Lamar, 18 of 21 for 321, five touchdowns, no picks. He was also 6 of 35 on the ground, sealing the MVP. 
Uh, I'm okay. Here's my first ridiculous guess. I'm accounting for the fact that the Ravens have nothing to play for, and I still thought it would be. And I still think this would be Ravens minus three against Pittsburgh, but I'm going to guess Pittsburgh's the favorite because Baltimore has nothing to play for. That is correct. We have at DraftKings Pittsburgh minus three and a half. See, here's the thing. Here's the North Star for all these games. Just because you're in a must-win situation and the other team is not, first of all, Dr. Bob's line, if you're in a must-win situation, it means you must not be that good. Let's keep that in mind. Also, these things tend to play out differently than you might expect. And even, you know, I would assume it's a Tyler Huntley game. I would, yeah, I assume so. Yeah. I, my, my, my line is ridiculous, right? But I think I would still play the Ravens here. I think I would. But this is, this is why it's such a tough week to navigate. Uh, we'll come back. Another Thursday game. And then all Sunday in the National Football League, guessing lines for week 18 right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking to bet smarter, and I know you are, then VSIN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today. Get VSIN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. Sign up today. Get unlimited access to daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24 7 video. Plus, all our betting guides and best bets for all college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this limited time holiday offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe to sign up on our holiday special now. That's VSIN.com. Slash subscribe. Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for Kelly Bidlin, who was doing it last night, I'm sure. I made a trip to uh, California, I think, to, to visit some friends. Oh, is that what doing it meant? That's what he did? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good for he him. Told me. He'll be back tomorrow, yes. He, he owes me for uh, for filling in on New Year's Day. It was a, <sighs> it was a sacrifice. I know. It was. You know, at least there wasn't any traffic coming here. No, that's, that's for sure. By the way, let me just say this from the first segment. I think I'm taking Baltimore plus the points. Because, again, the game is still in Baltimore, still a home crowd. I know it's backups. I know Pittsburgh has everything to play for, and Baltimore doesn't. But these things have a funny way of playing out. I guess the, also the interesting thing, who's the quarterback for the Steelers? Yeah, I think at this point you stay with Mason Rudolph, right? Oh, there's no well, – I mean, there's no doubt about that yeah. now. I mean, he's yeah, playing two – Yeah, I was going to say if Pickett comes back healthy. No. I mean, Pickett was, was healthy yesterday, and they just decided to stay with Rudolph. So now that, that ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. And good on Mason Rudolph. Again, when you hold the clipboard for a while under the same system, it usually works out. Although, again, 
Matt it's just Canada amazing was the season. there, but same coaching staff. Yeah, amazing the season. How many guys have had their kind of two or three games of you know real fame of like it's the year the year yeah. of the backup quarterback, yeah. man. For sure it is. Um, I also agree. You know, Lamar is is the it's fait accompli now that he's the MVP. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see on some of these other awards. Coach of the year as up in the air as ever. We'll get into that. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Maybe we'll run into Rookie of the Year. Well, here we go. Next game uh, coming up, we've got the Texans against the Colts. Saturday as well. Saturday as well, 8.15 Eastern time. So the NFL had to figure out how to how to schedule based on scenarios, and this is probably the proper game to play Saturday night. Houston at Indianapolis. This game with much consequence for both. Uh, Houston beats Tennessee yesterday. Um, I don't know how much of the details we have to go into that. They, the, the real key of the game, they were up 10 to nothing. And then uh, Will Levis got sacked by Jerry Hughes. He fumbled Sheldon Ranks 13 to the house. Sure, Sheldon Rankins, pardon me, 13 to the house. 17 to nothing. Houston with 10.02 left in the second quarter. That's when Levis got knocked out and Tannehill came in. And from there, it was kind of a field goal fest uh, until late. Final score, Texans 26, Titans 3 as the Titans play out the string. And the Texans now, here's the story with the Texans. By the way, C.J. Stroud, 24 of 32 for 213, one touchdown, no picks. They had a 312 to 187 total yards advantage over Tennessee. So Stroud got back in, thankfully. He's out of concussion protocol. He played well enough. Nothing spectacular, but he played a good game, good solid game. Houston can make the playoffs by beating the Colts in this game. And if Houston wins and the Jaguars lose to the Titans, the Texans win the AFC South. If Houston wins and the Jags win, the Texans can still be a sixth seed if Buffalo were to lose to Miami. Houston would own the tiebreaker because of a better conference record versus the Bills and the Steelers head-to-head. -head. And a seven seed if the Bills beat Miami and Houston wins uh, in that scenario, and Jacksonville wins as well. Buffalo would take the AFC East, and Miami would be the sixth seed in that scenario. Texans lose, they're out. Okay, so that's the story. So they, if they win, they could still win the division with the Jaguars' loss, and they, if and with a win, even with the Jaguars' win, that's the scenario where they could still get in as a wild card, which I just talked about. Uh, now, Indianapolis, same sort of thing. By the way, Indianapolis beats the Raiders yesterday. Um, I don't know how much I want to talk about this game other than... Uh, let's see. Minshew to Josh Downs, 50-yard gain. Three plays later, Taylor in for five, seven and nothing. Then it would be seven to three after a Carlson field goal. Um, a lot of punts, a lot of a lot of uh, non-possession or possessions going nowhere. Then uh, Indianapolis six plays, 90 yards. Minshew to Pierce for 58, 14 to three would be the score at the half. Las Vegas would come back with a 15-play, 75-yard drive extended by roughing the kicker penalty in the second half. O'Connell to Devontae from four out. 14-10 to 10 Indianapolis. 6.31 left, third quarter. Uh, and then it was a sort of a field goal fest. Matt Gay to make it 17-10. to 10. Then after the uh, Raiders decided to punt fourth and four at the Indianapolis 45. I love these decisions. Uh, Gay with a 33-yard field goal to make it 20-10. to 10, Followed by an offsides on a would-be Matt Gay miss. That gave him another shot to make it 23 to 13 with 311 to go. And then the Raiders had a final drive, nine plays, 75 yards. O'Connell to Devontae from one out on fourth and goal. Great catch, by the way. But onside kick would fail, 23 to 20, 43 seconds left. And that was the ball game. So with the Colts, if they can beat the Texans at home, they'll be in the playoffs. Uh, if Indianapolis wins and the Jaguars lose to the Titans, the Colts win the AFC South. Colts lose, they're out. 
So if Colt, so here's the way, here's the way the Colts can get in as a number six seed. If they beat the Texans and Jacksonville still wins and beats Tennessee, Jacksonville will win the division. But if Buffalo loses to Miami, Colts in as the six seed. That's a lot of, that's a lot to kind of process so there. Ba I mean, basically this game, right, the Houston-Indianapolis game is monster because the winner still has a shot to win the division, which they won't know till the next day based on the Jacksonville result. But both could still make the playoffs as a wild card with other scenarios. So I'll say Indianapolis, I mean, I think Houston's the better football team, so I split the difference between the pick and the three. I said Indianapolis minus one and a half. Pretty close. Colts uh, minus one. Okay. Let's do one more here before the we want to do one more. We will go, go to Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the rest of the slate, no Monday night game uh, on Sunday. So we've got the Browns at the Bengals. All right, this one is more clear cut. Browns are in. They're the number five seed. They can't go higher. They can't go lower. Um, obviously, the Ravens won that division yesterday. So, And, and not only that, the number one seed. So the, the Browns are locked into the number five. Um, remember off their Thursday night win against the Jets where Flacco threw for 296 in the first half. Ended up with 309, 34 points in the uh, first half for the Browns on Thursday was the second most in their franchise history. So they're the wild card and they're the number five seed. They will travel to play whoever wins the AFC South and becomes the number four seed, whether that's Jacksonville, Houston, or Indianapolis. And I would imagine, uh, I would imagine Cleveland's favored in any of those scenarios uh, on the road. Uh, they're playing Cincinnati in a game that means nothing for either team here this week because Cincinnati's eliminated. Cincinnati led the Chiefs. We'll get to the Chiefs later because it was more interesting from a Chiefs standpoint. But Cincinnati led this game 17-7 um, to 7 at one point. And then it was sort of like their offense just stalled and KC butkered them to death, if you will, with butker field goals. Um, KC ends up winning it 25-17. to 17 in a game that inspired very little confidence in the Chiefs moving forward. But just for this game, that means nothing. Cleveland at Cincinnati, I, I just made it three because I didn't know what else to make it in favor of the Bengals. Uh, Bengals right now sitting at minus uh, four and a half at DraftKings. Yeah, Bengals eight and eight. I guess the Bengals going for a winning season, one could yeah. say. Uh, Browns at, at 11 and five. That was, I mean, we'll get into some other games here at the end, but the, the, the amazing thing about the Chiefs' performance, and we'll talk about them later as we get to their game, but if you look at the playoffs, so I said one thing last segment, which is I don't remember a season worth with only one game left. There were all these different ways for a whole bunch of teams to still get in. With two weeks left, I remember that, but with one week left, I'm not so sure I do. The other thing is, for a year that we're like, oh, boy, this is so wide open, anybody can win it. Now that we're finally to the last week, and if you just think about it, we do power rankings, Kelly and I, every week. San Francisco's been my one, Baltimore's been my two, and certainly if you want to make Baltimore number one, you have every right to do that after last week's performance, and, and even after yesterday when Baltimore crushed Miami. I just feel like, like, who can beat either team? Like, in the postseason right now, you, people might think San Francisco's vulnerable. Maybe you think Dallas can go into San Francisco and win. Maybe you think Philly can. I don't. Like, I just don't, I don't think there's a team that can. And right now in the AFC, maybe more interestingly, after you saw that Miami game yesterday, is there a team, like even Buffalo, like it was very popular, including myself, to say, well, the team you don't want to face in the AFC postseason is the Buffalo Bills. You see any team, Miami, Kansas City, Buffalo, anybody going into Baltimore and having a shot at that? I, I r really, really like Buffalo. 
I, I really think that they're playing such great football right now. They're going to ride in on a hot streak. <sighs> Kansas City, I'm just really up in the air. The only thing that's really bringing me back to them is their experience. Does that ride them to a deep run and maybe beating the uh, Baltimore in the in the uh, in the playoffs at at their place? I, I I don't know. The drops are just killing them. I think they would had Gil forty drops on the year among their uh, wide receiver core. So I would say probably Bills and what about Browns? Browns are a really good story right now, and yeah, they did beat the uh, Ravens earlier yeah, this year. If you can get the, I mean, the Browns defense is sort of the great equalizer where you can. But wasn't that a high-scoring game when they played too? So it wasn't even that way. Yeah, I'm even I, trying to remember. Was I think that was Deshaun's last game for the Browns as well? Can the can the Browns defense be the great equalizer in that? That that's as good an answer as any. Let's, let's put it that way. I'm not. I have a Niners to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl exacta. I am definitely going to, and I have the Niners to beat the Ravens and the Niners uh, to beat the Chiefs. I will have to add a Ravens to beat the Niners just to cover myself in a Super Bowl exacta. Um, but I, I do think it's a collision course between those two teams, Niners and Ravens. And I think the Ravens look more infallible than the Niners do at this point. Oh, just after yesterday? Yeah. After the last two weeks, for sure. Uh, we'll come back. More guessing lines. See if we can find some value. So far, I think I like Baltimore the best of the first three. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada here at the D. Uh, I mentioned the uh, C.J. Stroud performance yesterday in Houston's game as glad he's back from concussion protocol. Want the best for him. Um, He's minus 1,200 at DraftKings to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Puka Nakua plus 450. We'll get to Puka later. Puka is four catches and 30 yards shy of setting both records, receiving, uh, excuse me, receptions and receiving yards for a rookie. Seth Walder, ESPN Analytics, yesterday tweeted out, he goes, I think Puka Nakua is the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I don't think it's particularly close. I, I don't know if I'd go that far because C.J. Stroud has been awesome. But it is amazing that a late-round draft pick is setting records. And I wonder if he was a highly touted early pick, if the whole narrative would be different. And he's doing this with Cooper Cup on the team, who Matthew Stafford loves to death. Loves. I think it goes to show, Gil, is that we really got to stop putting so much more, so much value on, on the quarterbacks for a lot of these awards. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think C.J. Stroud had a really good year. He was, uh, he was great. He's he, phenomenal. The last game, uh, this last game uh, on Sunday, he did what he needed to do to win. It wasn't any gaudy numbers, but I think those odds should be 
much closer together. Yeah, we'll try to. Oh, we we do have Aaron shots on the show this week for our. Uh, pre-post-season, if you will, uh, appearance that he always makes. He's a voter, and we'll try to get Mike Sando on this week as well, who's also a voter for all the awards. What's next, sir? Up next, and this is going to be an interesting one, the Vikings against the Lions. Okay, so Vikings, there's really, I don't know if you were already into your New Year's Eve plans last night, but the Vikings just got destroyed by the Packers. There's no need to go into the details. Uh, J Jaron Hall got the start for the Vikings. Um, who, by the way, are still alive, believe it or not, and I'll give you the scenario in a moment. But I really do think Kevin O'Connell, and obviously their their season, the Vikings season, was uh, was you know sent sideways by the Kirk Cousins ruptured Achilles. By the way, nice of Kirk Cousins, the way he handled his Achilles injury, so differently from Aaron Rodgers. Did you notice the difference of how those two guys handled that? Kirk not wanting any attention. Aaron Rodgers craving attention. I don't know. Kirk uh, was was getting the attention uh, doing the skull chant with his shirt off yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't love Kirk Cousins? <laughs> but the uh, I really think Kevin O'Connell painted himself into the corner when he decided he's going, I'm, I'm putting Josh Dobbs third string. That's enough of him. And then he was forced into this Nick Mullins uh, Hall thing where Jaron Hall clearly yesterday was not ready for prime time. And... It, it was He was so unready for primetime that as soon as you had the thought watching, and this was even before Chris Collins were set it on air, you had the thought of, oh, my God, let me see if I can find Jaron Hall props and Nick Mullins props and bet them accordingly because you knew Nick Mullins would come in the game. The books already had Nick Mullins up at that point. Like, even they were like, oh, this is certainly not going to last. And so uh, the Packers crushed the Vikings yesterday in a game both teams needed. 33-10. to 10. Jordan Love looking great in another primetime game. Uh, so here's the story with the Vikings, because we're talking about Vikings at, at Lions, you said. Vikings will need the Seahawks, Saints, and Packers all to lose, as well as at least one of the Falcons or the Bucks to lose. And, of course, Minnesota will also need to beat the Lions here in Week 18 in order to reach the playoffs. Are they going to hit that money line parlay? I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one. That was funny. Mike Tirico goes, you know, now you got to, like, you know, put the put the glass to the sun and see all these little things hit. <laughs> That's right. All right. And then there's Detroit. Now, this game was on Saturday, but I have to talk about this. Uh, Detroit loses, and I put lose in the air quotes, to Dallas, 20-19. to 19. Uh, Everybody saw this game, but let's just get down to the end of it. It's, let's start with 17-13 to 13 Dallas, 7-20 to go. Detroit first and 10 at their own 26. Uh, golf picked by Donovan Wilson, 2.05 to go. Dallas commits a 15-yard tripping penalty. There's two minutes left. First and 25. Detroit uses their second timeout. Then on the second down, for some reason, with Detroit only having one timeout left, the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, decides to have Dak throw the football. He throws it incomplete deep, and it stops the clock. This is not the first time Mike McCarthy has made such an egregious error. We only need to look back, what was it, four or five weeks ago when Dallas played Seattle. You may recall we were here on a numbers game talking about it. It was 38 to 35. There was 146 to go. Seattle was hamstrung with their timeouts as well. And instead of running the football, they threw an incomplete pass in that game as well. So instead of Seattle ending up with the ball down six after a Dallas field goal with 110 left, they end up getting it with much more time. And he got bailed out there because Seattle couldn't matriculate and score the touchdown. Well, here, after the third down play where, where the Lions do use their final timeout here, 20-13 uh, to 13 Dallas, 
with 141 to go, but it would have been closer to a minute. And of course, we know the story. Detroit matriculates. They get the touchdown. Golf to St. Brown with 23 seconds left, 20 to 19. And Dan Campbell uh, wants to wants to go two-point conversion. Everybody knows he would. That's his sort of MO. And plus, there's no reason for the Lions to want to extend this game into overtime here uh, with the division already locked up. They do the two-point try. It's golf to Taylor Decker. 21-20, the Lions are going to win it. But according to referee Brad Allen, Decker fails to report. Then they line up at the seven, and you're like, all right, Dan Campbell, maybe you should just kick the extra point here. What are you doing? But Dan Campbell insists on going for two. Then it's the offsides on Micah. All right, and then they try it a third time, and it fails. Bad pass by golf, and it's incomplete. And Dallas ends up winning the game 20-19 to um, after they recovered the onside kick, did the victory formation tribute to the old Tom Landry Cowboys and all that. Uh, Wyatt, I've never said this on the show before. This is the first time where I really feel a team has gotten legitimately robbed of a victory. I felt bad for the Lions. Legitimately robbed. Because you look at the trickle-down effect, they were, they were in contention for the number one seed. The, it, and, and then and that referee crew, Gil, has been awful this they year. They blew the P.I. in the Kansas City yep. game on Marquez Val Valdez-Scantling. I, I just, the thing is, they blew it. T Taylor Decker, Jared Goff had the best explanation of this, and he was and he did the right thing in his press conference where he's like, look, uh, every play in a whole football game can cost us the loss. I get no one play does it. But he said, he goes, you know, <laughs> Brad Allen said, he didn't say Brad Allen, but he said they said that Taylor Decker reported and Dan Skipper did not. And Brad Allen, he said, he goes, listen, he goes, from our perspective, Taylor Decker reported, Dan Skipper did not. And Brad Allen said that Dan Skipper did. And so Brad Allen, and if you look at the video, Taylor Decker is not approaching without wanting to report. Um, and Brad Allen kind of didn't even look his way, just decided that it was Skipper who was reporting. And you just wish they would come out and admit the mistake instead of giving you a word salad of, no, nope, this is what happened, and that's what, no. And Yeah, what was it, the referee pool after the end of the game? is like, oh, he didn't, he didn't report to me. And people looking at the all-22 camps, like, no, you have, like, a group going to you. And it doesn't matter what was reported on the, oh, no, on the, on the loudspeaker, it was reported that it was uh, Skipper who reported. It doesn't matter who was announced on the loudspeaker. There's the shot of it right here. And Troy Eggman pointed out as well, like, you can't be too uh, demonstrative about it because you're trying to be discreet about reporting. So there's no way to, it's like a he said, she said. There's no way to adjudicate this. It's like, oh, the referee's word goes. I just feel like the Lions, oh, there's so many subjective things that happen in football where like, oh, my God, this team got robbed of this. But this is so objective to me. And the real loser here is the Eagles in the wash after they lost yesterday, but I guess it's their own fault for losing. Uh, so anyway, uh, Detroit. Detroit here, uh, I, I don't know, a six-point favorite. They get, All they can do is advance one seed. Um, they can't fall lower than the third seed, but they can rise to the second seed with a win and losses by both the Cowboys and Eagles. So they don't really have much to play for here. But I said by six. Uh, right now, it's currently sitting Lions minus five. All right, the other, you want to do one more squeeze real quick here? Uh, of course here, Gil. We can go... Uh, 10 o'clock or 1 o'clock Eastern time, Jaguars versus the Titans. The Jag what? Jaguars. Oh, that's what I thought you said. Uh, Jags are 9 and 7. You scared me there for a minute. I was like, oh, did I get the wrong game? Well, I, I, would, <laughs> I thought you said wires over wars, and I was correct. Um, Jags beat Carolina yesterday. There's no need to go into the details. They did it pretty handily. Um, it was 26 to uh, 26 to nothing. Um, 
with 416 to go. That's how it would end for all intents and purposes, uh, for all intents and purposes when uh, Bryce then threw a pick to Antonio Johnson. It's a 26 to nothing behind C.J. Beathard. By beating the Panthers, the Jags simply need to beat the Titans, as you know, to clinch the AFC South and get the number four seed. Now, they could also make it, the Jags could, as a number seven seed with a loss here at Tennessee if the Ravens beat the Steelers and the Raiders beat the Broncos. And you're like, Raiders beat the Broncos? Neither of those teams are, can make the playoffs. But for that tiebreaker scenario to happen, the Broncos must be purged. So it's a whole thing. So the Jags win and they win the division, but there is a scenario where they lose and can still get in. Uh, I will say Jags minus three and a half, but this could be dicey at Tennessee. You are on point here. Jaguars minus three and a half at DraftKings. That makes sense. Um, so far, Baltimore. So far, Baltimore. You really like the backups for Baltimore here. I just feel like that's an overreaction. What did you say the line was in that game? Uh, I'm gonna go back up there to the top. Uh, Steelers minus three and a half. Yeah. I mean, I could be, I could be wildly wrong. But if you're asking me to, you gotta find five plays for millions or three plays for the Megapod or whatever it is, and you want to bet some stuff, that's the first bet I think I'll have. More guessing lines. Week 18 in the National Football League. Happy New Year from a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we get tweets. By the way, you know my brother has COVID. We're talking a little bit about this off air. And he's like really messed up by it. He's like an eye infection. It's horrible. And he's like, remind me to never come to Vegas in December ever again. Because he got it last year too. And I and yeah, I am thinking like, are we inoculated from this to some degree because all we do is walk through casinos? So we have, we cannot be Our infected. bodies are just built different. We're just built different because <laughs> we're subject to the grossness of it every day. I, you know, what if there's something you, to you're that? Just, you're just, yes, at a young age, you're just kind of immune to the uh, the cigarette smoke. Oh, I'm not immune. You're young, yeah. You're yeah. immune. I'm not immune at all. It drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, we get tweets at beating the book on this New Year's. Charlie D, USA number one. Happy New Year, Gil. You make VEASAN must listen radio. All the best to you and your family. Thank you, Charlie D, USA number one. You too. Uh, Coach Brian, among a horde of, of again, probably 100 tweets yesterday, because Kelly and I, uh, we were sort of the first to make the joke. I remember a couple years ago when I sort of reacted, I was like, no, you don't say. Like, everybody was throwing around this Mike Tomlin thing that he's never had a losing season, and so we made a joke of it like, I've never heard that before. And so I got, like, you know, tons of tweets about this. I but, appreciate you responding to my text. Kelly didn't. He's on my – he's on the uh, – Oh, he's – he's yeah. He's probably still upset. He's upset that all those uh, – But the Mike, the Mike Tomlin thing is amazing. 
it, it is just, amazing. It's just like, great. You just have to give him credit yeah. for this. I mean, you know, how, we were talking about how many backup quarterbacks there have been this year, and obviously Mike Tomlin's had to deal with it, but to consistently win with all the roster turnover and whatnot in the NFL, I mean, it's one of the best coaches in modern era, in my opinion. Jesse Welch, we're assuming it's a Huntley game, which means the Ravens are starting a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Yeah, with all the, uh, with all the people opting out of the Pro Bowl he played last year. Uh, Robert Smith, Gil, your partner there, always talk about you, Wyatt. Gil, your partner there is way off on Buffalo. LOL, Charger and New England performances when they had to uh, have um, when they had to have them were poor. Yesterday they tripped in, into that win. If they play a bad KC team, they get a playoff win after that. They get smoked. I'm with you, Robert Smith. I don't know about my partner over I'm here. I'm just talking them up because I'm definitely going to bet them this weekend against the uh, Dolphins. Right. Shh. We'll get to that. All right, let's do a couple more of these. What do we got? Uh, this one will be a quick one here. We've got the Jets against the Patriots. Oh, boy. All right, so both teams are out. Jets are 6-10. and 10, Patriots are 4-12. and 12. I'm half surprised Aaron Rodgers doesn't come out this week and be like, I can still play. Um, Jets lost to the Browns on Thursday. Patriots did play the Bills. Oh, this gives us a chance with the Robert Smith tweet here. Let's talk about the uh, Bills for a second. But the, the Patriots... They took the opening kickoff back. Jalen Rager did 98 yards. It was 7 to nothing. New England 12 seconds in. And then Zappi got picked by Ed Oliver. That led to a bass 35-yard field goal, 7 to 3 New England. Then Zappi got picked by Rasul Douglas a little, a little later, set up a four-play 14-yard drive. Allen in from one, short field, 10 to 7 Buffalo. Then Zappi to Farrow Brown. He's tackled by Christian Benford. He fumbles. Benford recovers. That leads to another bass field goal, 13 to 7 Buffalo. We're still in the first quarter. Then Zappi's picked by Rasul Douglas again, 40 yards to the house, pick six, 20 to seven Buffalo. So, I mean, it, Buffalo did nothing here besides, oh, thank you, Bailey Zappi. Oh, thank you, Fumbler. Well, he was like three of nine and three uh, with three picks. Every time I had the quad box up on YouTube TV, and every time I looked, it was Buffalo was running back a turnover. Oh, the quad box. Did you not have the deco box yesterday? Uh, Scott it's, Hansen it's was funny. so happy oh, about it's that. It's funny when you got the one box and you got like four boxes inside the box, you're like, What's going on it's up there? It's the Deco box, Duval County. <laughs> um, and then, then New England got back into it. Zappy to Kevin Harris. This is, uh, this is late second quarter or early second quarter, I should say. 48 yards. That led to Zappy in from 17. Cut it to 20 to 14. Uh, Allen then got picked by Alex Austin. That led to a Ryland missed 47-yard field goal, right? So New England leaving points on the board. Allen to Kincaid for 51 when the uh, third quarter started. That set up Allen from 127 to 14 Buffalo. And then Zappi to Rieger for 39, which led to a Zeke score later, which made the final score 27 to 21. And then the game just kind of fizzled out from there. Zappi threw three picks. The Patriots were minus three in turnovers, which led to plus 20 Buffalo net points. And that's how Buffalo won the game by six. Anyway, we'll get to Buffalo. Uh, I don't know. Jets by two and a half on the road against New England. I have no idea. I feel like this is a play that you're going to might want to take. We've got the Patriots as the favorites. Minus two. I guess. I, I don't want to take. I'm not playing it. This is the stinker. Just e Even though I, I'm like way off on the line. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like a, I don't want to live through that gotta, game. You these know? two teams got to play 18 or 17 yeah. games. Okay. What's next? Uh, coming up next year, we've got the Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. Okay, this game matters. Seven and nine Falcons still alive. Yes. Eight and eight Saints very much alive. Atlanta lost to Chicago yesterday. Uh, Young Haiku had a couple missed field goals early. Um, but Justin Fields, man. I was talking about this with Kelly last week. 
you want to get rid of Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, and, and start anew? Is that what you want to do with the draft pick? And by the way, I don't know that they do want to do this, but there's, you know, there's that question, do they want to? Let me have Justin Fields 10 days out of 10 days. Give me that, dude. He makes plays that no one else in the league can make except for Lamar. Um, to, thir to DJ Moore for 32, to start to DJ for seven on a touchdown drive to make it seven to nothing. Then after a coup doink to that second one, Eight play, 68 yard drive, including another Fields to Moore, 32 yard hiccup, uh, hookup rather, not a hiccup, hookup. Fields in from nine, 14 to nothing, early second quarter. Uh, there was a Heineke to Algier, 75 yard play. They cut that lead in half. But then uh, Chicago, 12 play, 75 yards, including a Fields one yard run on fourth and one. Rashawn Johnson in from two, 21 to seven Bears. And they just kind of went from there. It was 21 to seven at the half. They got it, you know, they traded field goals, 24 to 10. It got to 24 to, uh, it got to 27-10. The Falcons would get it to 27-17, but the Bears were generally coasting because the Falcons were minus four in turnovers in that game. That'll do it. That led to plus 10 Chicago points, and Chicago coasted in 37-17. By the way, Justin Fields had this one play where he avoided a, avoided a sure sack, ducked under, got the first down. It was just amazing. Oh, yeah, it was on a 38. That was... His his rushing ability is elite. Every time he gets it's out of the pocket, you got to hold your breath. Um, Falcons, by the way, this is Falcons at Saints. So again, sh shift the Bears to the side for a second. The Falcons at seven and nine can still take the division. They cannot be a wild card. But if the but if they win in this game at New Orleans and the Bucks lose or tie at Carolina, the Atlanta Falcons are still your AFC South champs with a losing record. Is this the second year in a row the the NFC South has just been like ugh? Just like nobody wants to win it, like barely going to get over it's 500. Brutal. It's brutal. Ugh. We cannot say that about the AFC South, which has three nine and seven teams, but we can say that about the the uh, NFC South. New Orleans, by the way, who's Atlanta's opponent here, New Orleans can still make the playoffs. They can win the division here with a win against the Falcons, along with a Bucks loss. But they can also get a wild card with a win, a Tampa Bay win, a Green Bay loss, and a Seattle loss. Got all that? New Orleans yesterday. Um, they took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the game I got completely wrong yesterday. I thought Tampa Bay, I was like, minus two and a half. The Bucs look terrible. And this is, the, the Saints are the, for me anyway, the single most difficult team to handicap from week to week. I have no idea who they are. I had no idea who they are from one week to the next. And here was a game where they came out, 14 plays, 73 yards, carded Juwan Johnson. It was seven to nothing. Before you could blink, you know, Baker got picked. And that led to a couple exchanges of the ball. They, they didn't, you know, here was the thing about this game. There was an eight-play, 60-yard drive after that. Carter Hill for 22, 14 to nothing. It was 17 to nothing at the half. It got to 20 to nothing, and they just coasted in from there. But, <clears throat> pardon me, Carr was 24 of 32 for 197. The Saints were plus four in turnovers in this game, and it only led to plus three New Orleans points. Like, they kept... Tampa Bay kept turning the ball over. New Orleans never really did anything with it, and New Orleans still crushed them. Um, New Orleans 23-13 to 13 over the Bucks. So, again, those are the scenarios for the Falcons. They can still take the division. Falcons cannot be a wild card, but Falcons can win the division if they win this game and Tampa Bay loses or ties at Carolina. New Orleans can win the division with a win here and a Buccaneers loss, but they can also be a wild card with a win, a Tampa Bay win, and a Green Bay and Seattle loss. Both of those teams losing. So I'll say New Orleans, I made it a little more than a field goal. I said New Orleans minus four here at home, but good God, I have no idea what to expect. You are, you are a smart man. New Orleans minus four here on DraftKings. Okay.
But you talked about the Saints being the most difficult team to handicap. For me, it's the Falcons. I can't. Or them. I lose so much money off of them. Or them. They, they all have – every team in this division has the easiest schedule because they all play each other, so it's yeah. a huge chunk of their games, and none of them can still get a great yeah, like, like you said yesterday, I mean, I, I thought the way the Buccaneers have been playing, Baker Mayfield lit up Green Bay a couple weeks ago. I was like, this is – they're at home. This is an easy one. And, boy, oh, boy, that Saints defense just was mauling the Buccaneers uh, yesterday. All right, so I've had two comical guesses so far. One was the Baltimore game where I thought Baltimore would be favored still, even though they had nothing to play for against Pittsburgh. Okay. And then the New England Jets one. And the New England Jets one, I have no interest in playing, even though I'm way off. But the other one I do. Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowl player. Pro, pro Bowler. All right, a <laughs> whole bunch more games to get to. We will get to them. Chris Felica will join us to talk college football. It's a Monday, New Year's Day, right here from Bar Canada at the D. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app game, plus iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. However, you're taking us in this morning, we appreciate it. And we especially appreciate it on New Year's Day morning, where I know you're just getting up, getting ready for college bowl games, which kick off in an hour. We will have Chris Valika on to discuss. I'm going to miss college bowl season this year. Well, one of the best days in all the sports is New Year's Day college football. It is. It is. But it, this is one of these bowl seasons where it is the most absolutely mashugan of all bowl seasons. Bowl seasons were always quirky. We were always amateur psychologists trying to figure out who's motivated, who's not. Now with the transfer portal, like college football has a serious problem. Like these games are They've got to move the ridiculous. transfer portal. They got to move the transfer portal after yeah. the end of the season. I mean, what happened with Florida State? It's Florida just, State had it. 100,000 guys out of yeah. their lineup, right? And they get crushed. Now, that was the thing about it, though, from, again, from an in-game betting standpoint, it has been awesome. And if you were part of the Ohio State Underfest or the Florida or the uh, the Georgia Crush Florida State Fest, you could have just minted money over and over and over. As you can probably see from my, my sweater, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that Ohio State game. It was... You, uh, you like your boys today, Michigan? We have to get this. Wait, this is this is really the last real great opportunity before I think they gotta have to go through a little reload phase. But oh man, I'm I'm gonna be nervous here at two o'clock, Gil. Michigan favored by one and a half. I'm gonna ask Felica about this because anecdotally, like people on our show and people on the network, I think everyone loves Alabama. Everybody loves yeah. Alabama. Like I haven't heard one person say they like Michigan. But this is how Michigan's been the entire year. You know, they coined the phrase Michigan versus everybody. We've had to deal with adversity, oh, yeah. and I'm going to say we. Such a such a destitute uh, uh, academic institution. <laughs> Again, it's everybody. All right, let's get through these games. What do we got here? All right, next one, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing off against the Carolina Panthers. Looking for value. Eight and eight bucks. Two and 14 Carolina. Congratulations to the Chicago Bears by virtue of the Bryce Young trade. You have the number one pick in the draft. That was the other thing. New England beating Denver two weeks ago. Arizona, which we'll get to, beating the Eagles. Washington now in the number two slot. I think it could fall back to three. But, you know, people thought New England screwed themselves. And then yesterday, Arizona screwed themselves. Um, interesting at that end of the uh, spectrum as well. Tampa Bay uh, at Carolina. Tampa Bay loses yesterday. We talked about it. Mayfield was 22 of 33 for 309 in the Bucks' loss to the New Orleans Saints, the Bucks were minus four in turnovers, four turnovers they had, but that led only to plus three New Orleans points. So even the, even without the turnovers, they got crushed. 
if the Bucks go to Charlotte here and beat the Panthers, they will take the NFC South. It is that simple for the Bucks. They win, and they win the division. But if they lose, they're donezo. They lose, they're donezo. Bryce, by the way, Bryce Young, I mean, what do you say with Carolina? He threw for 112 yards again. He got sacked six times. They had a 317 to 124 disadvantage in total yards yesterday in their game. That was unfortunate. I followed Matt Brown on that DJ Chark prop bet. Against the Jag wires. Yeah, wires. Oh, you followed him on that bet? I did. I was like, you know, Matt, Matt's a smart guy. I'm sorry, Matt. I, I cost you that, that bet. That's on me. Well, maybe if you call them the Jaguars, maybe things would have gone different. Yeah, potato, potato. Uh, I will say Tampa Bay minus four on the road at Tampa Bay. This is kind of knowing what all these other teams have been favored by heading into Carolina in recent weeks. So I'll, to me, that sounds like Carolina would be a four-point favorite, four-ish. A little bit higher on DraftKings. So right now, the uh, Buccaneers are favored by five and a half. All right. A little higher than uh, their than their uh, rivals in that same division who have gone on the road to play at Carolina here recently. Next, sir. All right, it's the game of the week. No bias as a Packer fan. The Chicago Bears traveling up the Lambeau field to face the now the number seven seed Green Bay Packers. All right, so Chicago is eliminated. Chicago needed to tie last night to stay alive. They didn't get that. Chicago, though, is seven and nine. Can we, like, give a standing ovation to the Chicago Bears? Because this team is good at football. And they remind me of teams that have, you know, that start a season really poorly, then flourish at the end, and then from that point forward are actually really good football team in, in coming years. And I think if they stick with field, and boy, they better. Because if they don't, they are the stupidest organization ever. It's either that or they've got really good trade value. But I, I do agree. I think Justin Fields is playing his best football right now to where you say the number one pick should be Marvin Harrison Jr. Give Justin Fields another weapon because you won the trade uh, getting DJ Moore, and obviously now you'll get the number one pick. I guess my point is I just don't think why you would think another quarterback would be better in the long run here. Justin Fields, 20 of 32 for 268 yesterday for the Bears. Um, 11 for 45 on the ground with a touchdown. Herbert was 18 for 124. DJ Moore, 9 for 159 and a touch. And the Bears were plus four in turnovers. That led to plus 10 Chicago points in their win yesterday. And then there's Green Bay. We talked about it briefly, but only briefly, because the Jaron Hall experience, the Jaron Hall experience was bad for Minnesota. And I really do think Kevin O'Connell painted himself into the corner, into a corner by uh, throwing Josh Dobbs into third string. Um, Love yesterday, 24 of 33 for 256, three touchdowns while running for another. Here's the story with Green Bay. All right, Wyatt, here's, your, here's what your boys got to do. They're currently the third wild card at eight and eight. They're, if the playoffs were to start right now, they're in. Unfortunately for you, they don't start right now. But they will clinch a playoff berth if they win this game. If they beat the Bears and the Niners beat the Rams, the Packers would actually be the number six seed. And if the Packers beat the Bears and the Rams beat the Niners, the Packers would be the number seven seed. Now, if the Packers lose to the Bears, there's still a shot here. Because then you'd have to have the Vikings lose to the Lions, the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals, and the Falcons beat the Saints. Got all that? And then the Packers will still be the seventh seed. So you could still lose and get in. You don't want to do that. Just, no, win. Just, just win and you're in. Just win. I don't want a repeat of last year. Here's the problem. I think Green Bay is only a three-point favorite. Well, right about there on uh, DraftKings, uh, three and a half Green Bay. If you give me more than the three, I might take Chicago here. It's going to be a tough game. This is definitely not the same Chicago team that we saw in week one. Like yeah. I said, Justin Fields is playing a lot better. And Matt Eberflus, give him tip of the cap. The reason why they're going to bring him back uh, for the port, I can't remember who who had it. But he's 
His, the defense for Chicago has been really, really good as of lately. Montez Sweat has made a difference. Leading sack, uh, elite sacks yeah. for Chicago and Washington. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Washington got a good pick for him, but like he was the one that I, that I hated to lose more than Chase Young, that's for sure, and that has played out. Let's do another here. Uh, coming up next uh, here, we've got the Denver Broncos versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, both teams have been eliminated for the playoffs, but if you were paying attention earlier, this game actually might matter. It might matter to the Jaguars if the Jaguars lose their game. I know it's a big if, but if the Jaguars lose their game, there is still a scenario where they can get into the postseason if the Raiders beat the Broncos. So again, doesn't matter to the Raiders and the Broncos, but could matter to the Jaguars. So there's that. Uh, Denver beat the Chargers yesterday. This was one of these games where it was just like, it was like watching paint dry. And all I can say is Denver outlasted the Chargers. Let me just say that. That's the best I can put it. 16 to nine, the Broncos get to eight and eight. Remember this was a Jared Stidham game, not a Russell Wilson game. And as much as we talked about that last week, I don't think we did it enough justice where it's, because I related it to the, the Broncos putting Russell Wilson on the bench to, you know, like Washington had to do that with RG3 back in the day. You can't risk an injury for guys that will, because if they do get injured, it triggers this big, massive payment that you'll have to pay him. And if you don't think he's your long-term guy, then you, you sit him. The difference, though, with the Russell Wilson thing is, they made dude play. Like they told him, you better change your injury clause. And he refused to do it. And even having this conflict, they're still like, all right, go out there and play, buddy, and get us into the playoffs. And so he had to like live with that through this. Um, it was such a weird, just a weird situation because, you know, with, with the Chiefs, when they were losing to the Bengals, Broncos were winning. There was a chance that Denver next week, hey, could win the AFC West. I'm like, how do you bench your star quarterback when you still have a chance to make the playoffs? It was. No. Stidham, by the way. 20, yeah. yeah. It's the, they're not coexisting anymore. That's the end of Russell there. Stidham, 20 of 32 for 224, by the way. And the Raiders, as we talked about, they lost the game to the Colts. Uh, O'Connell, after, remember, not completing a pass after his nine completion drive in the first quarter against the Chiefs last week. Didn't complete a pass in the second, third, or fourth quarter. He ends up completing 30 in this game. Add the Raiders to like a team that you have no idea what you're getting from week to week sometimes. 30 for 47 for 299. Devontae, 13 for 126. They targeted Devontae Adams 21 times in that game. By the way, can I just say this? There's so many teams, like it, football's not that complicated. Oh, there's Devontae. Let me throw him the ball every damn play. Like the 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 uh, Rams with Puka, mm -hmm. they just refuse to target him, and yet he's still setting records. It's the most unbelievable thing you'll ever see. It's what Green Bay did with Devontae this last two years. It was him getting at least 15 to 20 targets a game. I also think like Miami does it a little bit with Tyreek. Sometimes they go away from him, and I'm like, is Tua trying to prove something here? We're not going to Tyreek. Um, I said Raiders here at home. This is the 8-8 eight eight Broncos, the 7-9 Raiders. Once again, the game means nothing to either of the teams playing, but could mean something to the Jaguars if they lose. They need the Broncos to lose this game. I said Raiders by four. Uh, we've got Raiders minus two and a half here on DraftKings. Okay. Only two and a half? Only two and a half. Let me read that right. Yep, yep, two and a half. Well, I think I'm playing the Raiders. I think I'm playing the Raiders. They've really dominated the Broncos as of lately. I think I'm playing the Raiders. And from this segment alone, I know I like Baltimore early. But I think if you're telling me, what was the Green Bay line? Three and a half? The Green Bay line, yeah, three and a half. I think I like Chicago getting more than three, and I think I like the Raiders getting less than the three. Just coming up, yeah, 
those are the, the instinct plays for me on this week. Week 18, the squirreliest of all weeks in all of this. You agree with me about the Bears, though? I'm nervous about that game. I, I, I really do believe that the, the, the Chicago Bears have been playing their best football. And what better way to go into the offseason eliminating your arch rival uh, from playoff contention? I know all the Bears fans that work at VEASAN would really just love to rub it into me. But, yeah, I am, I'm super nervous about this game. Matt LaFleur, who I had a preflop play on for Coach of the Year before the season started, figuring if Jordan loves good, he'll get the credit for it. He's not anywhere to be found. 250 to 1. The Coach of the Year short shot right now, Kevin Stefanski. And, I mean, he's minus 1,000 now. Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's both at 11 to 1. That ain't worth a bet. On D'Amico or Shane Steichen, depending on who you think is going to win that game and if they can squeeze into the playoffs. He shouldn't be that big of a favorite, Stefanski. Coming back, more guessing lines. Numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where oh, the I'd money and bets? <laughs> Want to know where the money and bets are moving every NFL or bowl game? You have one job, Wyatt. The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. We're always improving our betting splits and recently added soccer betting splits, by the way, from around the world. Betting splits yet another way that Visa is here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check them out all of today's betting splits for every game at Visa.com/splits. I hit the dang button. What the we, heck happened? Oh. <laughs> we were talking off air about, like, what's the oldest New Year's Eve you can remember? And you said early 2000s, so you were a little too young for Y2K. Yeah, I was five years old when that happened. Which, again, I, the, the world was terrified. And I was in San Francisco, and I remember, like, the streets were empty. Like, everybody cleared out, like, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster. No, nothing happened. What was the one you were saying, Mayan calendar in 2012? Remember, I think it was that uh, people thought the world was going to end uh, yeah. on December 21st, 2012, and whatnot. And <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We're, right, still, we're here. still here. All right. Um, I'm going to go through every award here, and you tell me which is the one most likely to fall. Which favorite is the most likely to fall? Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson minus 20,000. That's for MVP. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey minus 340 now. Tyreek plus 225. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, minus 240, Micah, plus 250. Defensive player of the uh, excuse me, offensive rookie of the year, CJ Stroud, minus 1,200, Puka Nakua, plus 450. Defensive player of the year, Jalen Carter, minus 1,000, Will Anderson, 4 to 1. Hmm. Coach Stefanski, minus 1,000, Steichen and D'Amico, 11 to 1. And I will not throw in DeMar Hamlin and Joe Flacco because that's the obvious answer where Hamlin is minus 135 and Flacco is even money. I think the defensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year and the defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson's had a really good season uh, for the Texans. I think that, that, those odds should be a little bit uh, shorter. It's also the least talked about one. So we oh, have yeah, like, the least yeah. feel for it. it who really knows? It, our, our talk has been MVP, coach of the year and comeback player of the year. And then on a numbers game, yeah. the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Which that's also, I, I agree with you. I think those odds should be a lot shorter. I don't think Puka's getting the respect that he deserves. I just feel like we're going to, again, we're going to have Aaron Schatz on this week. Hopefully they'll get Sando on as well. I just want to get a feel for actual voters of what they're thinking right now. Because with all of these, I guarantee there's one of them where we're going to be shocked by. We're going to be like, what? Like something we never talked about. Let's do a couple more of these. 
All right, coming up next here, we've got the most interesting team in America right now, the Philadelphia Eagles facing off against the New York Giants. All right, Philly loses outright to the Cardinals in a game they were winning um, pretty handily in the first half. It was, it was uh, I guess at their, at their largest, it was 14 to six. They, I mean, they were up. Yeah, they were up 14 to six at one point, and then they, they were actually up 21 to 13 into the half, no, 21 to six, pardon me. They were up 21 to six of the half against Arizona. And for those of us who had Arizona plus the points, we're like, man, this is gonna suck. Um, but then Arizona opening drive, third quarter, 10 plays, 75 yards, Murray to Michael Carter for six. That cut it to 21 to 13. Then after a Philly three and out, Arizona nine plays, 77 yards, Kyler scrambling, five yard touchdown pass, amazing one-handed catch by Connor. And then the two point conversion to Michael Wilson. We're tied at 21 late third quarter. But then the Eagles would get a 13-play, uh, 75-yard drive, including a fourth and one, took his push. Hurts to Goddard from nine, 28-21 Philly. You figured, okay, well, they're gonna win at least, but no. Arizona, fourth and fourth, the Philly five, Kyler to Michael Wilson to tie it up with 5.26 to go at 18. They would try the onside kick, which failed. That would lead to an Elliott go-ahead 43-yard field goal, 31-28. But then last drive of the game, or last, you know, real drive, Arizona matriculates the ball down the field. Seven plays, 70 yards. Kyler to Dorch for 36, the big one. Connor in from two, two plays later. 35-31, Arizona, 32 seconds to go. Philly would get it to their own 49, but the Hail Mary try from Hertz was picked by Joey Blunt. Ball game. Hertz, 18 for 23 for 167. Arizona out total yard, I should say, out them in total yards. 449 to 275. Time of possession, Arizona 39-39, Philly 20-21. The Eagles will be the NFC's fifth seed unless they beat the Giants and get a Dallas loss at Washington. And as far as the Giants are concerned, by the way, let me just say this. Thank you, my alternate season win total under on the Giants finally cashes, finally clinched at under six and a half plus 185. And it didn't look like it would though at the end. This was a sort of nip and tuck game, but the Rams were up in this game uh, 20 to 13. And then it was... Uh, 20 to 16, excuse me, 20 to 10. It was 20 to 16 after a, a Tyrod to Slate 80 yard touchdown pass. Crosby missed the PAT. 20 to 16 with 439 left in the third quarter. Stafford would, be, Stafford would then get picked by Dane Belton. That led to a Crosby 32 yard field to make it 20 to 19 early fourth quarter. Rams would go three plays 75 yards. Stafford to Demarcus for 37, then Kyron in from 28. But Haversick would miss the PAT. So it was Rams by seven exactly, 26 to 19, 12.03 to go. Giants fourth and one at the Rams, 33. Tyrod to Jalen Hyatt for a one-yard loss. The Rams would take over. They couldn't do anything, three and out. Then another trade of punts. But Ethan Evans on his punt, Olszewski takes it 94 yards to the house, 26-25. Rams are like, oh, this game's gonna be tied. But the Rams got a penalty on the PAT, so the Giants went for it. Tyrod to Saquon, he can walk it in, and he can't he can't corral it. 26-25, it remains 3.27 to go after another Rams three and out. By the way, as soon as Puka had that 80-yard catch, they never targeted him again. What are we doing? Giants start their own 35, down one. They get it to the Rams 34 on a Tyrod 31-yard scamper. Then Saquon drops a pass on first down that would have gone for a while, maybe to the house. And then only two yards later, they settle for a Crosby 54-yard field goal, not even close, low and left ball game, 26-25 Rams. Rams in the playoffs, Giants 
alternate season win total under catches. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Tyrod, 27 for 41 for 319. Clayton, 4 for 106 at a touchdown. Saquon, giving it to me. Thank you so much. Plus two in turnovers led to only... By the way, the, the, the Giants were plus two in turnovers. That led to minus one net points. They had one. The Rams had three. Figure that out. Uh, I will say... I just think the Eagles and the Chiefs... Like, we do power rankings. Kelly and I are going to do power rankings tomorrow. The Eagles and Chiefs have systematically fallen like one spot, one spot, one spot, one spot. The Chiefs are barely in the top 10 anymore. The Eagles are a little higher than them for me, but man, these, both of these teams look bad. Still, I'll say the Eagles minus four and a half at the Giants because I don't know what else kind of to make it. Uh, right now, we've got it at minus six. But oh, I, wow. Okay. I will say, uh, Gil, this this Eagles uh, collapse has kind of reminded me of the, the Cardinals a couple years ago when they got out to that hot start and just kept losing, 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 and limped their way into the playoffs. I just, like, it's what I was saying earlier, where it's, again, by the way, the Eagles get the fifth seed unless they beat the Giants and the Cowboys lose. So the Eagles will travel to the winner of the NFC South. So getting the fifth seed in the NFC, much like getting the fifth seed in the AFC, but I would argue even better in the NFC, is not a horrible place to be at least for one week because they'll be favored. The Eagles will be, even if they don't win the NFC East. By the way, the Cowboys winning the NFC East would extend that NFC East streak of another team, a different team wins it every year since the early 2000s, over two decades of this, if the Cowboys are able to beat the Commanders or if the Cowboys and Eagles both lose. Um, so again, that again, this is one of these games where it's like the Eagles have something to play for, but even if they lose, it it's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you'd still want to be the division winner because you get... You could, you could solidify two home games, mm -hmm. wild card round, division round. So it's a big deal. But the Cowboys are playing the Commanders, and so the Eagles play first, though, I'm guessing. Is that right by the time of day? Uh, so the Eagles won't know that result. They actually, no, they, yeah, they play at the exact same time. Oh, they do. Yes. Okay. Let's do one more here. Uh, next one here, we've got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. 8-8 eight eight Seahawks still alive. Cardinals 4-12. and 12. Cardinals, uh... Might have messed up your draft position a little bit there yesterday. Not might have, did. Cardinals right now in the number four slot. Uh, Seattle in their loss to Pittsburgh, which we talked about at the outset. Geno was 23 of 33 for 290. Here's the deal with the, with the Seahawks. For the Seahawks to make the playoffs, Wyatt, they need to not only beat the Cardinals here, but also have Green Bay lose or tie in their final game against the Bears at Lambeau. In that scenario, the Seahawks would be the seventh seed. So they're still alive. Um, in Arizona, we just talked about crushing the, uh, not crushing, but crushing the Eagles in terms of a seemingly viable playoff team. I don't think they are at all at this point. Is it Seahawks minus three on the road? Uh, right here at DraftKings, uh, right on, minus three. Okay. Are you buying into what I'm saying about like teams like the Eagles and the Chiefs? Like it just, it just, in a year that seemed like it was wide open, it feels like with one week left in the regular season, it ain't quite that wide open anymore. I mean, the, the the Eagles' collapse has been, I would say, worse than what we've seen with the Chiefs. Oh, I don't know about that, but I just think we have so much muscle memory with both of these teams, particularly the Chiefs, that we have given them the benefit of the doubt for so long, and it's like one week after another week after another week. Um, injuries play a factor, but so does just personnel at some point. Sirianni saying they got to they got to really get better here. He's right about that. 
More games to get to and Chris Felico on college football next. Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for the vacation and Kelly Bidlin. Kelly will be back tomorrow. Thank you for being here, Wyatt. Appreciate no it. No problem. It's New Year's Day morning, man. I know it's a sacrifice. Appreciate it. Was well, about uh, three hours of sleep. So after the Michigan game, too, yeah. we are going to uh, take a nice nap. Uh, I got Wish Nev telling me where to meet him for a full day college football. There will be no naps for me. I, I, this week, you got to power through, Gil. I, I appreciate power. it. Well, at least tomorrow, at least today, you got to power through. Yeah. Uh, big day, of course. One of the great sports days of the calendar. And, of course, the uh, National Invitational Semifinals tonight in college football. Felica joining us momentarily to talk all five bowl games. Uh, we got more games to get to. We got four more by my count. Yes, sir. Let uh, us do it. First one here, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, Chiefs, we talked about Mahomes yesterday and the victory for the Chiefs over the Bengals, 25-17. to 17. They come from behind victory where the Bengals basically got buttered to death. Mahomes was 21 of 29 for 245. One touchdown. He did lose a fumble. Pacheco, 18 for 130. Man, it's good to have him back, the Chiefs. Love that. Rice, 5 for 127. Kansas City locked into the number three seed after winning the AFC West for the eighth consecutive time. But this is the first time we potentially will get to see Patrick Mahomes on the road in the postseason, assuming they don't lose in the wild card round. Which at this rate, uh, you're a little concerned about. I think they can lose to anybody. Like, I don't think they're very good at football. And if it goes right now, it's going to be a rematch between them and the Bills. I just made this a pick em. I didn't know what to make this game. Uh, Chargers. All right, DraftKings, we have it. Chargers minus one and a half. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not rushing, racing to bet this, but okay. What's next? Uh, Next, we've got the Los Angeles Rams against the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, the Rams are either going to be the sixth or the seventh seed. There are scenarios for each, but they're locked into a playoff spot, either six or seven. Uh, Stafford um, was 24 of 34 yesterday for the Rams in victory over the Giants for 317. Nakua, five for 118, Wyatt. You know what that means? He's four catches and 30 yards shy of both rookie receiving records, receptions and yards. Only five catches? Only four catches shy. Well, man, he only got five, five in the game. Five for 118. Yeah. I'm throwing to him. Don't get me started. <laughs> San Francisco beats the Commanders yesterday. They beat the uh, Commodores. Uh, this was one of these kind of ho-hum games, too. I don't think the, the Niners look particularly great. Uh, they did lose Christian McCaffrey, so we got to check on the injury report with him. But the Niners have clinched the number one seed, so they can rest for two weeks just like the Ravens can if they choose to. Uh, they beat the Commodores yesterday 27-10. to 10. It's nice to see Terry McLaurin go off a bit in that game. Um, and by the way, it was Sam Howell yesterday for Washington when it appeared all week it was going to be Jacoby Brissett because Brissett couldn't go due to injury. So, um, anyway, Purdy, 22 for 28 for 230. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was not sacked. Ayuk, 7 for 114. They outgained Washington, 408 to 225. They were plus two in turnovers. That led to plus seven San Francisco net points. Uh, San Francisco in the same boat as Baltimore. I'll say, I don't know. The Rams are locked into either six or seven, so there's, like, there's not a tremendous amount of motivation here for either team unless the Rams felt strongly about a first-round opponent. The only, the only seeding, we should probably talk about that, we tend to overrate seeding thoughts um, when we're handicapping. But I will say the Browns are perfectly entrenched at number five to get to play the AFC South winner. And the Eagles, even if they don't win the division, 
they end up with at least a favorable position being the number five seed in the NFC playing the NFC South winner. So those are the only seeding spots that really matter in terms of like choosing an opponent at six or seven. I don't know how much teams really care about that. I, I said San Francisco minus four. I didn't know what else to make it. Uh, when I punched this number in, I had uh, San Francisco minus three and a half. It's already got up to minus five. Yeah, the thing about it with Shanahan is we have no prior history of how he would play this kind of game. I talked about this a little bit last week. There was only one year where San Francisco was a number one, I want to say it was 2019, but they needed the last game. Like, they couldn't lollygag the last game. Yes, that was a game against the Seahawks where they stopped them, like, at the half-yard line. Right. Yep. So we don't have, I don't think we have any Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan history at all of, oh, you don't have anything to play for in Week 18. How would they play this? Whereas we have seen Baltimore in a Week 18 situation with, like, Anthony Brown ended up playing instead of Tyler Hundley. Um, so I don't know how the Niners play it. So, okay. Yeah, I'm not betting that game. What's next? Uh, up next, we've got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington Commanders. All right. In that Dallas, and I'm using air quotes, win over Detroit. By the way, you know the real team that got crushed by that debacle is the Eagles. Yes. I mean, the Eagles, I should say that because the Eagles could have won yesterday and it wouldn't have mattered. But they, in the end, they get crushed by it. Dak was 26 of 38 for 345. C.D. Lamb. 13 for 227. You know all that stuff we talked about, Tyreek, this year? C.D. Lamb ends up being the guy. All that Tyreek award talk. He broke uh, Michael Irvin's uh, long-term yeah, records. The uh, franchise record. If Dallas wins, they will win the NFC East and guarantee themselves at least two home games in the postseason, assuming they advance from the wildcard round. Same if they lose and Philly loses. If they lose and uh, Philly wins, Dallas becomes the number five seed in the NFC. Um, and then Washington, once again, 4-12, and 12, playing out the string, just playing for a nice draft pick here. I, I said Dallas minus 10 on the road. Uh, right now we've got it minus 13 and a half and probably the final <laughs> okay. game for Ron Rivera. A little, little more disrespectful than I thought, but okay. <laughs> Ron Rivera, oh, please. Just, yeah, okay, goodbye. Uh, and then, oh, I think I already know what the final game is, uh, the, the night game. It is the game of the week for the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. So we have had situations in the past in the NFL, we even have it now, right, where teams that aren't very good but are still, like, winning a bad division, a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there are scenarios where, like, you win and you win your division, you lose and you're out. Like, those are pretty frequent in the NFL. But every once in a while, we have a case, like we had this back in the day, like I can remember old Skins teams that were in this position, that they were actually pretty good, both on 14-game schedules and I think 16-game schedules, where you're like, oh, man, win and you're in, lose and you're out, heading into the final week of the year. There were some 11-5 teams. I think there was a Broncos team that was 11-5 years ago that didn't make the postseason. Like, uh the yeah. Patriots, the year uh, Brady yeah. tore ACL, Matt Castle, they went 11 and 5, didn't make didn't the playoffs. Didn't make the postseason. So every once in a while, there's teams. So the Bills are in this kind of position. They're 10 and 6. This is not your, you know, your 8 and your 8 and 8 team heading into the final week. They're 10 and 6. They beat the Patriots. We already described how fortunate that win was. They were plus three in turnovers, and it led to plus 20 Buffalo points. And Josh Allen was 15 of 30 for 169. Please, by the way, stop the Josh Allen MVP talk, please. It's over. If the Bills win, if they beat the Dolphins, they will win the division. They will win the AFC East, and they will be the number two seed. They will be all the way to the number two seed. But if the Dolphins beat the Bills, 
The Bills would need either a Steelers or Jaguars loss. Well, likely, but the you know, again, likely, maybe. They would need either a Steelers or Jaguars loss or a tie between the Texans and Colts to still secure a wild card berth. They could miss the postseason. For all the talk of, well, this is the sneaky freaking brother sneaking in from the rear. No one wants to play them. Uh, they don't look that, that good to me. And I'm not so sure if I'm the Ravens, I'm that scared of them. But they're in that position right now. So, again, the Bills control their own destiny. They win, and they're all the way to the number two seed. And then Miami, who got crushed. I really feel for Dolphins fans and people who have Dolphins tickets because this team is so snake bit with injuries. I know every team has some sort of injuries, but Jalen Phillips out for the year with the Achilles. Bradley Chubb yesterday blew out his knee. He's done. Like, you can't continue to lose big starters on your defense. By the way, Tua has a sore shoulder. He had to go out of the game yesterday, but he says he's going to be okay. Tyreek's always in and out. Waddle's, Waddle's been hurt. They're going to get some guys back here in the postseason, but not all of these. Like, those guys on defense are done. Well, I mean, you know, for the Dolphins last week, it's like, okay, they finally beat a, a team above 500. It's like they got the momentum, and boy, this just just it came crashing down. They got crushed by Baltimore yesterday. Uh, so if Miami wins, they're the number two seed. They win the AFC East if they win this game. If they lose, they will be the sixth seed. So the Dolphins are in no matter what. Remember, they've already clinched a playoff berth. They win, they're the number two seed in AFC East champs. If they lose, they'll be the sixth seed. Remember, Buffalo, if they win, they'll be the number two seed in AFC East champs. But if they lose, they're going to need help. I said, and here's again, this pick might be wildly off. I said, because of the injuries, I had Miami minus two and a half. I think we found a bet for you here. We've got Bills minus three. Are you serious? That is what we have on DraftKings. I'm going to double check my eyes here. I'm getting older. Yes, minus three for the Bills. I don't understand that. I really don't. The, the res, is the respect for the – like, did, did people decide that after yesterday? I know it's the injuries. That's that's why I don't have it at three. Two is supposed to play. Wow. Like, even if you told me Bills minus one and a half, you're giving me a full three? I think maybe it's just this, this winning streak that the Bills are on. That... Winning streak? They, they barely won yesterday. Yeah, win's a win. Uh, I'll take the Dolphins in that game. Thank you very much. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.